0: Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We are going to be learning Masechah Sukkah, Da'af, Lamed Gimel, and we're starting at the Mishnah toward the bottom of Lamed Beis, Amud Beis. We've been discussing some of the halachos about Lula ben Esrog, and today we're going to be discussing Hadasim. And within Hadassim, we're going to be discussing a sophisticated idea within halacha of yesh dikhoi b'mitzvah or ein dikhoi b'mitzvah, that if a mitzvah has a flaw in it, let's say the Hadassim have a flaw in them, is that flaw permanent? If we can fix it, we're going to discuss that a little bit as well. But let's start with the fresh Mishnah. We're three-fourths of the way down on the mid-beis, The Mishnah opens, <clears throat> If your Hadassim are stolen or dried out, they cannot be used. Here too, if they are from a tree, that is an Asherah tree, or from an Iranidachas, which uh, is deserving of destruction. If it's from those cities, then they are puzzle as well. If the top is cut off, if its leaves are spread out, if the grapes or the berries that grow on them are greater than the number of leaves, number volume, good question, then that would be possible as well. The Mishnah concludes, the if you removed the berries that created for this uh, imbalance where there were more berries than leaves then if you remove them then it's okay it's not a permanent psalm it's a temporary psalm last line of the mishnah <inaudible> one should not pick off the berries in order to make their hadansin kosher it seems to be simple but remember it's not attached to the ground so we're not talking about kotzer. Right? Koter is when something is attached to the ground and you tear off a berry. That's an de Daraisa, a malacha de For sure, not a lot. We'll see in the Gemara before we conclude today what this is all talking about. We're going to be learning until the next Mishnah. Emir HaShem <clears> on the <throat> bottom of Lama Gimel So we'll touch all parts of this Mishnah. The Gemara opens. Rabban, and Let's talk about the basics. The Pasuk writes, Anaf Eitz Avos. It is going to be the branch of a tree that is Avos. Uh, what does Avos mean? She'anafav Chofenes Eitzo. Where the leaves actually cover over the wood. And if you think about your Hadassim, you can probably see the wood of the Hadassim, but by and large, what you're seeing is green. The far majority of the wood is covered by the leaves. Which type of tree is this? This is speaking about hadasim, as we know. Maybe we should say that it's true about an olive tree. No, we need the wood to be covered, and it's not. Maybe we should say a chestnut tree. Also, they have they have leaves. No, there too we need the leaves to be covering the wood, and they are not. Maybe we should speak about an oleander tree, which also has leaves even though that does solve some of the other problems, it has uh, its own issue. It's uncomfortable to hold, it's a very prickly type of uh, type of branch, and therefore that can't be what the Torah said was um, was I going to be. What? Yeah, take this for- <laughs> Yeah, it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> So it's uncomfortable. By the way, is that, what a sensitivity. It, it's not absul mineyube. It's derachehadarchenom. The Torah is pleasant. It can't be that this is shot in the mitzvah. It's a beautiful idea. If the hadassim that, what well, what we know isn't the hadassim, but if we were to say that it was from the oleander tree and picking up that branch was uncomfortable, says Abai, that can't be what the Torah says was the actual hadassim. Rav Amar Mechacha, that the year, uh, the year the of tree, the oleander tree has another problem with it. He says, so, Oh, those eerie words will be uh, said during Hineni in just a few weeks' time. So sa- what does that mean? So if you take a look at Rashi, eight lines from the bottom, Rashi says, There is a, a deadly poisonous part of this tree, apparently. And therefore, this cannot be uh, used as hadasim. So therefore, we conclude like we started. that the hadasim are like the hadasim that we use because all of the other options are not valid. Tanu Rabbon, the rabbis teach us we're 8, nine, ten lines from the bottom It looks kind of like a braid of sorts And it's made in triples This is how we define the Hadassim Rabbi in ben pasuk? And here the language is very difficult It says It seems to be From this line of the Gemara That according to Rabbi Eliezer ben That the type of tree we're talking about Is where the wood tastes like the fruit so in my Gemara in the Ozvahadar, there's a note here, and the note reads Haritva <laughs> Hagirsa He says this can't be because that's not the case. There are berries on here that don't taste like the bark of the tree. And the Ritva says this is a mistaken language. And what should the language be? The Garas. Instead, he writes, of the language we saw already, not that the berries should taste like the tree, but rather that it should be a tree where the leaves cover over the wood. And, the, and he strikes this language from the Gemara. So let's read Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov according to the Ritva's understanding. Rabbi ben Yaakov Omer, anaf ezavos, sha'anafin chofin es ezavos, and Omer zehadas. And he strikes that language because it's very difficult to figure into the gemara fine next brysa tana etzavos kosher that of course if the tree is etzavos then it's kosher if it's not etzavos then it's puzzle hechidami avos how does the hadasim go about covering the wood Um, it's talking about having three uh three um uh leaves coming out of every uh remember uh uh, the uh what's the language by Noach? taraf bifiha right? That he had uh, enough Zayas, maybe? That the the dove had uh, as a reference to a leaf. This is Tarfe, same exact language here. So this is what our Hadassim look like, where you have three uh, leaves, each of them emanate from a similar point, a similar height level on uh, on the actual uh, stem of the, of the Hadassim. Rav Kahana Amar Afilu Even if they're not built that way, where all three come out of a similar height, but you have two at one point and the third one is a little bit higher, that's also considered totally valid. And that's Shita number two. And six lines from the bottom, Rav Acha B'Rei D'Rav HaMehadir Ravacha followed Rav Kahana's shita. He specifically looked for hadasim, where the hadasim didn't have three leaves at any one level. It had two leaves at one level and then one leaf a little bit higher. Hoel because that's what Rav Kahana said was ideal. So two different versions of hadasim. One is where all three leaves at any height level, let's say they emanate every centimeter, whatever it is, every every inch. So at that point, there's always three leaves. But there's another version of hadasim that grow two and then one, two and then one. And that's how what Rav Kahana assumes to be kosher. So then says the Gemara, Mar Bar Ravashi. He says, Abba, Lahu Hadas Shota He said that for the Hadasim that were actually two and then one, he says that is that's no, that that's not hadasim. That's not hadasim. That's messed up. Something's wrong with that. karile, those are wild hadasim, they are not considered valid. Tanu Rabban and the who teaches Nashru. Rove alav, what if most of the leaves have fallen off, as long as something is left, then it's going to be kosher. Now, we know that our rovos are more problematic for this. Our hadasim, by and large, last a very long time. Even if you don't put them in water, the hadasim are pretty, they're pretty stark, they last a long time. Either way, they from usage, not necessarily from withering. Oh, can, it you can separate when you put them. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What we're saying over here is that as long as there's a minority of leaves left, it's kosher. Yeah, it's just like um, seems to be very clean. But provided that it still has coverage of the wood. Wait, hold on one second. You're going to lose 80% of your leaves. And you're still going to be able to cover the wood so says the gemara Hagufa kasha. that those that's like you know speaking out of both sides of your mouth Amris rov alav kasher. you said that if most of the leaves falls off that it's kosher and then you said provided that all the wood is still covered but if two out of every three leaves have fallen off it's three at every corner three at every height so then you're left with one third of all the leaves how do you have coverage of all of the wood doesn't make any sense Says the Gemara. Well, it makes sense if you know a lot about these things. So, what's the case? Says the Gemara. We have the following case. Top of When we're talking about Hadassim from Egypt, the Kaime Shiva Shiva Seven leaves come out of every. Um, of every point of departure of leaves, arba when the majority of them, four out of the seven fall out, there still are three more to cover up the wood. So then Abayi says the seemingly obvious, well, I could infer from here that that's a kosher hadas. Well, there you go. So he says, it's kosher. And the Gemara says, "Right, right. That's what we were just trying to tell you that it's kosher." Pshita says, "The no. Abayu was trying to teach us something very important. Ma'u de tema, Islay Shame, lo because it has a name that accompanies it." It's not Stam, just Hadassim. It's going to be Hadassim, it's Asa Mitzra. So because it's not just pure Hadassim, but it's Hadassim that are qualified with the accompanying word of Mitzra. So ahol Ma Isla, sheim lo kamash malon, that even though it has a name, that, uh, a secondary name, it still is considered Hadassim. Ai we, we talk, I have had this before. We've seen where the, the shame levoy can be problematic. So maybe we should say it's problematic here too. Says so, the Gemara, no, we don't have to be concerned about this or is right? Etzavos Mikol makom that as long as the wood is covered, it is going to be kosher, that's what the Torah says, Mikomakom, even if it has seven leaves, no problem. And Abai was <clears throat> highlighting the point that even though there was a shame, there was a second name. It was Asa, Mitzra, not just Asa, not just Hadassim. So therefore, uh, he might have thought it would have been Asa, that comes along Abaye to say that it's mutter. does the answer to the contradiction? It answers the contradiction because when you only have your hadasim that have three leaves and you lose two, two out of the three, there's just not enough to cover the wood. But if you have seven leaves and four of them fall off, then there's still three remaining at every juncture to cover the wood. There's just more leaves to deal with. You're still having the majority, like, like to the parameters at the bottom. Yes, rove of the leaves fell off. Most of the seven fell off. That was the language on the second line, the chinasre arba, that even if four fall off, pasha hutsalasa, there still are three left. The brysa was talking about only this Egyptian myrtle or whatever. When the brysa said, four lines from the bottom, that Nashru rov alav and Ishtar bamir kasher, that's only true, yes, with Asam. yes, exactly right. Asa uh, mitsra. Then says, the, uh, says another uh says six lines down, Gimel, Yav what if all the leaves dry out? But Venisha Rubosh, Shlosha Bade, Alin, Lachin, and you have three leaves that are still moist, kosher, no problem at all. Amar, Abkhizu, Barosh, Kol, Echar, it has to be toward the top of the branch instead of lower down on the branch. It has to be Mavish, the top one. Does it just have to be visible again? That's why we have Rishonim, that's why we have post but from the Gemara, it's a little unclear. It just has to be toward the top. Niktam rosho, what if the top of the hadasim um, uh, is cut? So then we know from our Mishnah that that's possible. Tani ulabar chinanam, niktam rosho, but also Tamara kasher. He says, okay, let's say you cut off the top, but it begins to regrow a bud at that place where you cut it. And that happens if things can regrow. So if you cut it on the tree, all of a sudden it starts to regrow. Now it's kasher again. Okay, now we're going to get into the lamdasha part of tonight's Gemara. So it says the Gemara ten lines down. Boy, asks a shiloh. Let's say You clip the top of the But the also about tomorrow be So when you went into yantiv, your hadassim were, were puzzled because our Mishnah says niktam But by morning there was a bud growing out of the top of the hadassim. Hmm. So what do we do now? So it says the Gemara. What's the din? Do we say that once, in this, once a mitzvah is invalid, you're just done, when we went into Yontiv, those Hadassim were not kosher because it was Nick rosho. Only by morning of Yontiv did it have the bud growing on the top. But when you went into Yontiv, it was not. Do we say that's it's dichuy? Now it's pushed off. This can't be used as a mitzvah anymore because it's ruined even though by morning it had the tamara, the it had the bud growing at the top? Or do we say that uh, there is no d'ichui and it can be used? Says the Gemara, we can answer that one. The tif should lay, maybe we could learn the answer to the question of whether or not there's Dichuy mitzvahs, from the Mishnah that discusses the mitzvah of Kisui Hadam. We know that after shchita of, of certain animals, that there's a mitzvah of Kisui Hadam, and the Mishnah writes, let's say that uh, the shochet does shchita, and the blood is now on the ground, and so there's a mitzvah of Kisui Hadam. So, you, so the shochet or somebody takes takes the uh, sand, takes dirt, and they cover the blood, okay? You did a good job. But then Viniskala, someone steps on it, whatever the case now the blood is revealed again. So the halacha is patermi l'chassos. That's when you're involved, the daim Once you do the mitzvah, you're done. However, says the Gemara, kisahu haruach. Let's say the weather was like tonight. It's very windy out. So all of a sudden, you did the shrita, There's blood on the ground. A gust of wind comes, and now all, this, all of the blood is perfectly covered by the sand. Okay, so the halacha is too bad, because you didn't do anything. You didn't do a mitzvah. Yes, the blood was covered, but you didn't do anything. It's only true if the wind then again uncovered the blood. But if the wind doesn't again reveal the blood, then you are going to be exempt from covering the blood. There's no mitzvah. The havina When we analyze it, kichazer Even if it were to be revealed, why is it any different than the first case where a human being covered it? Even if I'm So says the Gemara. We should have assumed that the Once the Mishnah was once the mitzvah was pushed off because sand or or dirt covered the blood, then the then it should have been pushed off. So what should we assume from here? We should therefore assume that mitzvahs don't go away. If a mitzvot, if you do a mitzvah and it's possible that there could be a reversal of that mitzvah, if we say, Ein then the mitzvah could come again. You cover it with sand, wind blows, again, right? It could be just forever going on. You should do a really good job of like, you got to put it in a box or something to make sure that it doesn't happen. Uh, a mitzvah burying a mace. And we don't like, let's say someone buries, not like the way we do six feet underground below the frost line in a heavy casket, right? And then the mace floats again. You have a mitzvah to bury the mace again. Every mitzvah could be cyclical like that. So it says the Gemara, that's what's implied from this statement of uh, of Rav Papa, learning from the case of Kisui Hadam, that should be able to answer our question to say Ein What was the case we were talking about? We were talking about the case of Niktam rosh Me but also about Tamar where you cut the Hadassim before Yantiv, and the bud grows right as Yantif begins, after Yantif begins, so we should have said that, uh, and that, yeah, we should be able to use these Hadassim, says the Gemara, you can't learn from Rab Papa, we're almost halfway down, a little third of the way down, Gimel, I was Davka asking according to his Shita, who says, Mifshad is it so obvious to him that that's the case, or is he just being Machmir, no matter what, do we say it across the board. or Odilma, Swukim, this Maybe he's only going to say it when you're machmer. How sure is Rav Papa about this idea of Ein Dichuimitzos? How sure is he? If the mace comes uncovered, if the blood becomes uncovered again, is he just being machmir, or is he saying that ladina, technically speaking, you now have a new chiyuv, or a continued chiyuv, to cover that blood? So says the Gemara, take it, we don't know. We don't know exactly how far Rabba would have taken it. So says the Gemara, maybe we should assume the machlokes of Dichui, or, uh, or not, is a machlokes tanaim, learned from elsewhere. Lema maybe we should assume that the, the machlokes of Dichui B'mitzvos is evident in the following uh, b'risa. What does the b'risa say? Of our veliktan, puzzle, De Rebbe Lazar ben Sadok, let's say that you had that hadassim where the berries were greater than the leaves, but you violated halacha. Of our veliktan, you uh, plucked off all of the berries to make the hadassim kosher. So Rebbe Lazar, uh, ben Sadok says puzzle. Doesn't this sound a little bit like the dachui? Because according to the Shita, Rabbi Lazar Rebbe Tzaduk, that it's pasul, it was dachui. It was already, it was already out of commission. It was dachui because it was already pasul because there were more berries than there were leaves. Or do we say like the that the, the chachamim machshiren? Maybe we should say like the chachamim that they should say that it's mutter because okay, right now the berries were removed, so it, that's ain't dachui. The, the mitzvah continues as long as I can make this kosher and viable for the mitzvah. I shall. So says the Gemara. Before we get to our discussion, Savruha, the only way to understand this is to avoid another sugya and shas altogether. What is that? So it says the Gemara, sabruha, alma lulav, ein When we're looking at this makhloka between Rabbi Lazar ben Sadok and the Chachamim, we have to assume the following, that lulav ein sarach eged. Why do we have to assume that there's no requirement to bind everything together? Because if they're bound together and then you pull off the berries, that's called tasse lomina ha'asui. So I've got my lulav with hadasim and aravos. My hadasim are puzzled; they're covered in berries. I have my egget already there. My lulav is ready to go, and I start plucking off berries. That's tasev Lominasu. So says the Gemara. The only way to understand this whole machlokes is if we say the kulialma lulav ain't sarich egget. It must be that they that who this this machlokes does not require Eged, because if it requires Eged, it's tasav alumina asui. Or, if you want to say that there is Eged, then we'd have to say that this is a case where there's no tasav alumina asui. How do we get to the point of saying that there's no tasav alumina asui? So says the Gemara, how do we avoid tasav alumina asui? Because, lo yalfinan lulav It must be that our requirements for lulav are different than our requirements for sukkah. What do we have by sukkah? Dechsev, tasav asui. So by sukkah we have tasav But who says it applies everywhere? Maybe it doesn't apply by lulav. So you could have a scenario whereby you hold a eged and you have your lulav hadasim and Arabos bound up perfectly, covered in berries, and you sit there before you end up plucking off the berries, and it's perfectly mutter because there's no din of tasav lo asui by lulav. By the way, until this, whoever would have thought. The tasav alumina asui was limited. We would have assumed that it applied everywhere where a mitzvah was not done perfectly. We would have assumed. So says the Gemara. Lav and now, if we assume that this is the case, that we can avoid the issue of tasav alumina asui, then what we would say is as follows: Two thirds of the way down, my lab b'ha kimiflegi. It must therefore be that when we talk about plucking these uh, these berries off, what is the discussion? Demand the de pasil the shita of Rabbi Lazar ben Sadaku who says that plucking off the berries is mitzvos. He says, yeah, the mitzvah is done for because it was already a non-kosher set of hadasim because there were too many berries. The sheet of the Chachamim that says that, the, that the, uh, even when the berries are plucked that the hadasim are kosher, mitzvos. He says that you can't ruin the mitzvah as long as the berries are gone, as long as the ratio of leaves to berries is appropriate, then it's kosher. So maybe we should say that our Machlokas that we've referenced at the top of the page is the same as the Machlokas here between Rebbe Lazar ben Sadak uh, and the Chachamim about Avar Velikton. Says the Gemara lo, absolutely not. The Kuley Alma, maybe we could understand this Machlokas in a different way. The Kuley Alma lo amrinon, yesh Dicho eitzel mitzvos. Everyone agrees that we don't say yesh Dicho Everyone agrees that a mitzvah can be continued. The Hacha, here the only Machlokas between them is b'melav lulav, Misuka kamiflag. All we're talking about is the suge of tasavalomina asui and whether or not we learn lulah from sukka. Mar sa var yalfina lulov misuka. According to the shita of the, of the Tanakama, Rabbi Lazar ben sadok he says that we learn lulav from sukkah. We learn that tasa Lomina aswi applies to a lulav, and you can't do this. It's eged, and you're pulling off the berries. It's unacceptable. Umar sabr, the shita of the Chachamim, who are machshir in this case, what do they say? Lo yalfinan lulav No, there's no tasa Lomina aswi by lulav. It only applies by sukkah. Another possible way to explain that this isn't a machlokes about dichu yetzal mitzvos is as follows. We're 12 lines or so from the bottom. If you're of the opinion that a lulav does have to be bound, then kuli alma yalfinan lulav misuka. Then I could have explained that both the Tanakama, both Rebelazar ben Sadok and the Chachamim hold that yalfinan lulav misuka, that we do have a concern of tasav asui, lulav eged all we're talking about is this discussion of, of uh, lulav tzarch eged or not. And that's a common machloka, as we've had this before, tanoi, like the following tanoi, te lulav according to the Tanakama, whether or not there's Eged, the Lulav is kosher. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, agud kosher, pasor. Rabbi Yehuda drops the, drops the line and says, absolutely not, there has to be Eged. My time at Rabbi Yehuda. Why does Rabbi Huda say that we require Eged? We've seen this previously. Because, Yalif l'kicha, l'kicha he, we learned this already that there's already a marimakom. He says there's a gzera shava between the two words of Lakiha We'll see the psukim now, as we saw earlier. And that's why he holds that uh, that there has to be eged by alula. So what are the two pesukim? Ksiv hacha last short line Laman gimel Laman aleph. It says by our by our discussion by sukkas ulkachtem lachem beomarishot. The word lekicha ulkshiv hasam in regards to the paradumul kachtem aguda sezo malahalan aguda aguda. Just like over there, it's all bound up avkan aguda. And here, uh, therefore, by sukkas we also say that there is a requirement for eged. The what do the rabbis have to say about this? They've never heard of this gzera shava. And just as a background, not every time you see two words are you allowed to make a gzera You're not allowed to do that. That's only if you have a special who they had the masora, and the Rabbonon did it. So in short, the Gemara tried to prove that, um, tried and failed, that the Machlokas that we started with at the top of the page not the machlokas, the question we asked about if you have a hadassim that prior to Yontif, you cut the top and there's nothing growing yet on the top, it's just a fresh cut, but on Yontif it grows a little bit more, and now it's like rounded out, ready to grow more leaves. So we wanted to know, does that count, yes or no? And it's unclear from the Gemara in that that regard. What? How can it grow if it's not in the ground? No, things can grow if they're in water. They can. They can. The post can discuss this by Hilcho Shabbos. Are you allowed to... um, put a bouquet of flowers, cut bouquet, a cut bouquet of flowers into water on Shabbos. It it's, it's not real growth. The petals open. It's not real growth. That's a Shilam and postkin. It's an They're not Moksa. You can move them around for sure. That's interesting discussion because it's not actually planting anything. So anyways, yes, things can grow a little bit as long as there's a, Did you ever see sometimes when there are flowers, they'll put like more expensive flowers. With that one flower, the stem will be in a tube of water so that it can absorb more and continue to grow. So yeah, there is some growth uh, that can happen. Yeah. yeah. So then it says the Gemara five lines from the bottom. Just a quick uh, side question, one that we've seen as well. Man al who is the author of the following Brysa, It doesn't make sense with either shita in regards to the machlokas we just quoted. What does the Brysa say? Lulav mitzvah Ogdo? We haven't seen this yet. I mean, we saw this Brisa earlier, but not on the flow of this Gemara. According to the Tanakama, it seems that there's a mitzvah to do ogdo eged. But if you don't do it, it's still kasher money, who is the author of that? E Rabbi Yehuda, that can't be Rabbi Huda. Remember, Reb Yehuda said Lakicha Lakicha. He says that there's an absolute chiyuv that there should be eged that you have to put the hadasama, or revos and the lulav together. So E Reb Yehuda kilo agdon amai kosher. He would never say that it's kosher if you don't do eged. And I, Rabbanan, according to the rabbis who say you don't require eged, my mitzvah kabid. What, what, what mitzvah is there? Is no pasuk in chumash that says you have to make an eggot? So it says the gemara Really, the brisa that says mitzvah la'ogdo is the rabbanon. And what's the mitzvah? Um, mitzvah mishum zakeili ve'anvehu. As we know, zakeili ve'anvehu is a sweeping mitzvah, not a specific mitzvah, but it is a mitzvah to make other mitzvahs beautiful. That's could you, It's like um, it's like being rewarded for doing your mitzvah better. <laughs> it's like a, it's like next level. You have nice tefillin. Make them a little bit nicer. I just replaced my bottom after, how old am I after 28 years, right? Why? Because the corners were terrible. And I went, went over, I said to Rabbi Zala, I'm like, is this kosher? He's like, they're kosher. I'm like, that was not very promising. I'm like, how much money are you taking from me right now? Let's just, <laughs> let's talk about it. And he made new bottom for me. I looked like a bar mitzvah boy putting on my spell and I, I asked if he make a Shekhi one. that. I was so excited. Rabbi Robinson said, no Shekhi Anu on yeah. Okay, anyways, what? i bought one for my ex-father-in-law. Yeah, I don't. I Robinson said, "Yeah." Three lines from the bottom. Oshahayu of Merubin. When we spoke about if there were more berries than uh, than leaf. Amar of Chizda. Davar Zeh. Rabenu Hagadol Amru. This uh, the, the following was said in the name of Rabenu Hagadol. Rashi, uh, three lines and two lines from the bottom says we're talking about Rav, not to be confused with Rabenu Hakadosh, which is a common reference to Rebbe. This is Rabenu Hagadol. Uh, who's holier? I, yeah, okay. So says the Gemara. Amar Rav Chiz, a davar zeh. amru Agaral Amar veHamakom May the Makom, may Hakadosh Baruch Hu be at his assistance. Loshanu, Where do we say this halachah in our Mishnah about the berries? Loshanu shanu ba b'Makom Echad. That's if all the berries are concentrated in one spot. Aval b'Shnei Mosh. Lo shemikomos kosher. But if it's spread out in two or three places, it's going to be kosher. Says the Gemara. Absolutely not possible that Rav said that. Amar lei Rava. Rava said, no way. Top of lamed Gimel Lame Baba says, If you have two or three different places, then it effectively looks like a spotted hadas, and that's not kosher. Why not? Rashi, Hamaskal, first rashi. Because the pasuk says it should be prey it's not, it's not beautiful. all in it doesn't look nice. The berries are black in color, the leaves are green in color. That's not that's not what hadasim should look like. So he says, it can't be that that's what Rav says. You just got it wrong. So it says the Gemara, that if you want to say that, that Rav said something, here's what you should say he said. Oh, shahayu anavav merubin me'ala pasul. When the pasuk says that if there's too many berries, that it's pasul. On that, Amar Rav Chizda, Dabarzer Ravinu Hagadol Amru Rav said the following: V'amalcom, you hear Be'ezra that should help him. Lo shanu ela anavav shechoros. When do we have a problem with the berries? When the berries are black in color. Av alanavav yurokos. If they're green in color, mine dehadashu v'kasher. There's nothing wrong with those. In other words, only certain berries are problematic. Amar Rav Papa, and making a bridge that we never would have thought would have been made into a bridge, the same with halacha is true by Hilchos Nida. Amar Papa, adumos kishchoros damya. In regards to the color of red and the color of black, they are similar in halacha. So therefore, if the Hadassim had either red berries or black berries, either of them, that would be Absul. But if they're green berries, mutter even if they're the majority. And then says the Gemara Halakha, that poskim who look at maros, who look at badika cloths, have to know well. So let's say that there's a badika cloth and the badika cloth has a, a, a black color on it, a black shade on it we presume that that is dried blood. That's dam shalaka. That's blood that has dried out. And because that's the case, if, the, if it presents that way, then she could potentially be a nida. If it's not a badika class, she would be a nida. So these are very, very difficult to distinguish at times. And uh, got a, we got a postek in our base meter who, who, who was very good at this. So, But dam, uh, that's the, the sak in halacha, is that if there is dam shalaka, when blood dries, it turns black. And therefore, black and red are equivalent in halacha, not only by hilchos nida, but also as well, by the Hadassim, says the Gemara, the two dots, ten lines down, <laughs> that if you remove some of the berries, it's going to be kosher. So says the Gemara, the Gemara when were you pulling off these berries? <laughs> if you're pulling them off, the berries, before you do the shita. That's, that's obvious, you're prepping it the, the day before, if you're pulling off all the berries, by the time you're done, you've got the right ratio of leaves to berries, of course, that's going to be mutter. Ella, you're right. That can't be the case. That's too simple. So it says the Gemara, Ella, it must therefore be la basar de la agde. It must be that you're plucking off the berries and improving the ratio of leaves to berries after the aged. And what do we see from here? mei me'ikarahu. We see that the that this seems to work, right? In miatan kasher. So if, if it's true that Imiyatan kasher, that if you remove the berries even after you did the aged, so that shows you that you can make something kosher even after it's not kosher just by pulling off the berries. so Maybe we should say, maybe we should show from here that the fact that it had too many berries in the beginning is not a reason to say that once the berries are removed, that it can't be used anymore. Says the Gemara, you're, no. The Olam, you're right, it's Basar de agde. You're correct that it is after it was bound, but the Kasavar Eged Hazmona almahu. But when we say, this is totally unique because we haven't seen this yet, and we've spoken about Eged a lot in this Masechda. Here the Kasavar, he's of the opinion that Yes, it's after you were ma'agid, but the eged is really not a big deal. It's just hazmona be'alma, who's just kind of getting everything together. Be hazmona b'alma lav klumu, yes, it's after egged, but the eged is not ma'ake. The eged is not a thing. It's just uh, to be masader. It's for the compulsive among us. It's just neater but it's not a halachic thing, whereby if, in fact, you take the berries off after the eged, that it could imply anything about dichuy mitzvot, yes or no, We're not able to learn anything from them. So that's what the Gemara says. Very interesting. Next two dots, 12 lines down. The halacha is that you should not pluck them off on yonteth. I have a on mine. What if you did? It's Yontif morning. You're sitting there looking at your hadasim. You're like, mm, ratio's off a little bit. Too many berries. So you sit down and you're an Am Ha'aretz. You start plucking one, one berry off at a time. And all of a sudden, remember what color? What colors have to be black or red? Because the green ones are kosher. That's going to be an important point in a minute. So says the Gemara, what happens? Halacha is kosher. So says the Gemara, if it's kosher. Hold on one second. Ashkor emas. When, when did the berries turn black? So that they would be problematic. If they became blackened before the holiday started, then If in fact it's true that they became black before Yontif and you went into Yontif with black berries on the Hadassim and you plucked them off and still the Gemara says they're kosher, that shows you that even though it started with a psul, I can undo the psul and is not really and I can still do that. It must therefore be that that was not the case Third of the way down to Ashwar, they became blackened on Yom Tov. They became blackened on Yom Tov. And if that's true, you started Yantiv with perfectly fine hadasim. The green broke the threshold into black as it got darker. And then says the Gemara, well, if that's true, then Nireh Then Nireh Vinitchehu is the following. Nireh is when something is Nireh, it looks right. And then Vinitchehu, and then it gets a an on yontif. The berries were green halachically when the Yom started. And then by the time you picked them up in the morning, they were no longer green. Now they were halachically black. That's called nireh And maybe we should say shamas asminah, nireh v'nitcheh That if you have a case where and When Yontif began, it was a perfectly fine hadas, and then it changed colors and it's not fine, and then you plucked off the ones that were problematic to make it kosher again, maybe we should say that uh, we can learn from here, that I can fix that problem, says the Gemara, I'm not ready to go quite that far, they really were black before Yontif even started, yes, you can learn from here that dikhui meikara, the initial soul of the berries being black before Yantef was de dikhui. It really wasn't a way to undo the mitzvah. That is what we can conclude. So basically, we've concluded our Gemara to say that dikhui meikara is Lohave dikhui. That you can fix this problem if you buy hadasim with berries. it's not kosher. I can fix that problem. It's not a permanent psalm. It's not like a blemish in an animal of a missing leg or anything. This is fixable, and because it's fixable, you're allowed to fix it. Next, almost at the next mission, Tan Rabbanan ein biyomto. The halacha is that you are not allowed to pull them off on That's the sheet of the Tanakama. Rabbi Eliezer Amru You are allowed to pull off the berries on I asked the Gemara, how in the world could you pull off the berries on Yontiv? Okay, it's not coats here. I understand because it's not connected to the ground. But the outcome is sakin but, but you're fixing something to make it usable on Yantiv. You're not allowed to do tevilas kalim on You have a that's tray if you want to use it at your Shabbos table. So you go to the kalim mikvah, you dip it in. No, that's tikkun mana. It's unusable. You made it usable. That's an the rice of its own right, having nothing to do with kosher at all, nothing to do with a- anything agricultural. It didn't work, and now it works. That's tikkun mana. You're not allowed to fix a kli on Shabbos. In this case, you're not fixing a kli, but you're fixing hadasim. This is different. I'm not plucking them to make my hadasim kosher. I'm plucking them to throw the berries into the salad. Right? That's totally different. And then you don't have a tikkun mana problem. I don't mean to fix anything. I just want the berries. And that's mutter. It's amazing. Your mindset changes everything. I want the berries for the salad. Rabbi Eliezer b'Rib Shimon sover la ke'avua. The opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, who was the son of Rib Shimon holds like Rib Shimon. What does Rib Shimon hold? Omar davar she'ein miskavein mutter. <laughs> that was a bar up. Da Omar davar she'ein miskavein mutter. That when you're doing an action and inherently there's nothing wrong with the act and you don't want a malacha to occur, and inadvertently it occurs that's fine stuff Jeremy Scobell i'm not i don't care about i don't care about the uh, what the bench in the sand. It's the bench in the sand, that's right. About the charitz, that was exactly the case of So he says, I hold like the opinion of ribshimen and the, his father, and therefore, because he holds like his father, therefore, you're allowed to pluck the berries provided, of course, that you're pulling them off for food. So says the Gemara, no, that's not how that works. Both of these rhymes said When do we say Only when the result is not a definite malacha. But here you're definitely fixing the Hadassin. So you can't just sit, throw the term out of Dabrashina Biskabin Mutter. Dabrashina Biskabin mutter is only when the result is inconclusive. So I just was talking to my son about this the other day. We were talking about Dabrashina Biskabin. I don't even know how it came up. And I said, imagine you're, um, you're sitting at a chair and you're bouncing a ball off of a wall. Just bouncing a the ball. There's a light switch there. You're not bouncing the ball on the wall because of the light switch, not even in the back of your mind. You're just bouncing it. And then inadvertently it turns off the light. That's doubters and Mutter. That's okay. Your intention is not that way, and the the conclusion is not not absolute. But here, the conclusion is definite. The more the more berries you pluck, the closer you get to line. You pull off all the berries. You just made that Hadas kosher. Even Rav Shimon wouldn't agree to that. So it says the Gemara. Uh, says the Gemara, where are we? <laughs> um, whoever would have thought. Like, Yeah, no, we're really only plucking this for berries. I already have my Lulavits <laughs> on the other side of the house. This was the extra Hadassim, which I don't need for my Lulav and Esrog. I'm just plucking it because I want the berries, and that's actually Mutter. But if it was your Hadassim for Lulav and Esrog, that would not work. Last little Sugget for the night, Tanar Rabban, and the rabbis teach us, Hutar Igudo Biyom Tov. Let's say that your Eged becomes undone on Shabbos. And, or yantive, and uh, you need to retie it if you hold that egg as a requirement. So then, Ogdo agudo shall yerek. Then what you should do is you should tie it up like you would a bundle of vegetables. Today, we use rubber bands. How did they tie up bundles of vegetables? They would wrap the string around many times and not tie a knot and just tuck in one of the ends. That's how they would tie their vegetables. So says the Gemara, the Amai, why would you do that? We tie our shoes on Shabbos, we tie tie our ties on Shabbos, what's the big deal? Says the Gemara, and we saw this Shita as well. Who is of the opinion that tying a bow on Shabbos is problematic? Because he holds that tying a bow is what's called a kesher shell kayama, your classical iser de orisa knot, and therefore problematic. So it says the Gemara, but wait one second. I Rebbe remember Yehuda, the same Rebbe Yehuda who said, Lekicha, Lekicha, that Eged is a requirement based on Egei shava. If you hold a Rebbe uh, uh, like Yehuda, that you need Eged. So Eged me- ma'al So then you wanted to wrap it round and round and round with no knot. That's not called Eged. If you're Rebbe then you need a real Eged with a real knot. And the way you tie up vegetables, that's insufficient. So says the Gemara, you're absolutely right. This Tana, is not Reb Yehuda. This Tana holds like Reb Yehuda in one way, but not like Reb Yehuda in another. He holds like Reb Yehuda that you're not allowed to tie a bow. That's true. But he also doesn't hold like Reb Yehuda in regards to Eger. And because that's the case, he therefore doesn't require there to be a formal knot. You can just use the knot of Ogdo ke'aguda shel We'll stop here at the Mishnah and pick up your Tashem tomorrow night with Daflam Adalad, wishing you all a beautiful night.